welcome, goeiemorgen, welcome and good morning. Whether you are old or young, whether you are a first time or a long time worshipper, whether you have come full of doubts or sorrow, confidence or joy, in this moment we are all family because of what Jesus did on the cross. So from my bubble to yours, welcome to you all today. It is wonderful to know that we can still be together in the Lord's name, to worship and praise, to read out of his word, so that we can make sense out of all of this. And so it's wonderful to tell you wherever you are, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Because we believe that what we've said is true and because we know that Jesus is the light, the light that cannot be put out, we will light this candle as a, as a token, as a symbol of the fact that we believe he is here, that he is present. And that makes us all part of this moment. Saviour, I heard your voice gently say, Seek you, my face. Come, walk with me, child. Lord Jesus Christ, your face will I seek. My heart replies in worship to you. Let's have a moment of silence, just to be here in the moment, to still our minds and our hearts, and then I will pray for us. Loving God, we have gathered to meet you. We have come to listen to you, to seek you, to worship you. You are the beginning of all things, the life of all things. You knew us before we were born. Dear Lord, in you we become alive, in you we live. Loving God, you are here and everywhere around us and within us. You know our inmost thoughts. In you we hope, in you we love. You are the source of serenity, giving peace that is beyond. You are still in us to share grace, to share your insights with us so that we can do the same and share it with those around us. Dear Lord, because you form us, because you form us through your word, through your great work, you embrace all human experience. And so even in the darkness and the light, inspiring by your resurrection, we will praise you. To you comes all our glory and love forever and ever. Amen.
Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. My child, you must follow and treasure my teachings and keep my instructions. Keep in tune with wisdom and think what it means to have common sense. Beg as loud as you can for good common sense. Search for wisdom as you would search for silver or hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to respect and to know the Lord God. All wisdom comes from the Lord, and so do common sense and understanding. God gives helpful advice to everyone who obeys him and protects all of those who live as they should. God sees that justice is done, and he watches over everyone who is faithful to him. With wisdom you will learn what is right and honest and fair. Wisdom will control your mind, and you will be pleased with knowledge. Sound judgment and good sense will watch over you. Reading from Samuel. Samuel served the Lord by helping Eli the priest, who was by that time almost blind. In those days the Lord hardly ever spoke directly to people, and he did not appear to them in dreams very often. But one night Eli was asleep in his room, and Samuel was sleeping on a mat near the sacred chest in the Lord's house. They had not been asleep very long, when the Lord called out Samuel's name. Here I am, Samuel answered. Then he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, what do you want? I didn't call you, Eli answered. Go back to bed. Samuel went back. Again the Lord called out Samuel's name. Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, he said. What do you want? The Lord had not spoken to Samuel before, and Samuel did not recognise the voice. When the Lord called out his name for the third time, Samuel went to Eli again and said, Here I am, what do you want? Eli finally realised that it was the Lord who was speaking to Samuel. So he said, Go back and lie down. If someone speaks to you again, answer, I'm listening, Lord. What do you want me to do? Once again Samuel went back and lay down. The Lord stood beside Samuel and called out as he had done before, Samuel, Samuel. I'm listening, Samuel answered. What do you want me to do? I wonder if there has ever been a word or a concept that, that, is, that has been given so much thought and attention in the word communication. In this time where we are living right now, the word and the ideas and the concept of communication is getting a lot of attention. Apart from the thing we most talk about, we talk about how we talk. I almost got lost in a Google wormhole where I googled the words communication in COVID-19. Article upon article of, of people who are telling us how to, how to keep your business visible, how to communicate with your clients, with your employees, what to say, what not to say when to stop saying things, where to post, how to post, how often to post. It was crazy. Wherever you go, in everything you do, communication is one of the most important things to do, to learn to do. It is so important for us to learn how to communicate better, how to do it more effectively or faster, or how to take it further than yesterday or the day before or the day before that. Never more than now have we been reminded just how important communication is. 
There are so many businesses, entrepreneurs, smart people, universities and organizations who are spending more than ever in helping us to communicate better, more effectively. People around the world are working incredibly hard at creating more platforms, bigger platforms, better platforms, so people can interact with each other in words and pictures and videos and emails better than before. And we see how important this is. We have experience in how incredible it is to have politicians and leaders talk to us daily about what's going on. And we, we compare these to the ways other countries are communicated or have remained silent or should have remained silent. Communication is so incredibly important that many people very rarely sit empty-handed. We sit and walk and talk and drive and sleep with our phones in our hands or right next to us. We want to be available. We want to be able to talk. We like to communicate. But of course, because of this, communication has been one of the biggest problems of our times. Because of how much communication and the style of communication and the structure around it has changed, parents and children, men and women, friends and girlfriends and colleagues struggle to communicate properly with one another because of this, the thing we have in our hands most of the time. And because despite the phone that is so constantly in our hand, in our handbag or our pocket, it will never be the real deal. It is great to be able to communicate via the internet or our phones or our computers, but it never beats a face to face. We know that all too well. On a Sunday, we feel it. When we miss our loved ones, we feel it. When we need a hug or true companion to be close to us. If life has made communication difficult with the people we see or used to see every day, now see over our phone screens and on our computers, if, if the life and style we live today, if that has made communication true, real, good, strong, deep communication difficult, how much more do we struggle with someone we don't see? Someone who doesn't answer the phone, who doesn't read or get our text messages or our emails or our Zoom invites. When it comes to communicating with God, many of us sit with our phone in our hands and wait and hope and wonder. Communicating with God is something that fascinates me. The whole concept of God talking to us. I think about it a lot and I wonder about it. And it has changed a bit now that, now that I wonder how, how God speaks to us in this time. Because of communication and how it's changing and evolving and expanding, in these days, it, it feels like many people are asking, when a pandemic hits the world, is that God talking to us? Why the lack of communication? 
when something as terrible as this happens, people are asking more than ever, but is God still talking to us? How will we hear Him? Can we still hear Him? And when God does speak, what does it sound like? If you are also wondering how to hear God's voice in and through all of this, you might also want to sit with your phone in your hand waiting to hear from God loud and clear. We want to hear His voice. We want to hear what He says. And I think it's something that people have always struggled with. Yes, we're struggling with it now, but just think for a moment about the disciples, how they must have felt. Think about those men and women who lived with Jesus. Those people who were so used to hearing answers to their questions, instant answers to their questions. They were accustomed to conversations with Jesus that ran deep into the night. Conversations along the beach, around the table, on their outings from village to village. Jesus' voice and counsel and wisdom were what they were used to. And, and it became a part of their whole view of God. And then after Jesus' death, the poor disciples, they must have thought that they will never ever be able to hear Jesus' voice again. And luckily they were wrong. He appears to them and he speaks to them in various ways. And, and it's precisely these phenomena where we get clues as to how we can still hear the Lord's voice today. It was in those encounters with people after, after his death that we might just get a, a deeper insight into what it means to listen to his voice and to hear him speak. I must warn you, it, it might ask us for a new way of listening. After Jesus' resurrection, his disciples were taught how to listen with different ears. He teaches them how to listen to the voice of the Spirit now. He teaches them how they should be attuned to the voice of the Spirit and no longer just to the voice of the flesh. Through his actions towards the disciples, before his accession, he teaches them how to see him, not only with their physical eyes, but with the eyes of their hearts. He teaches them how to hear him, no longer just physically in his human form, but in a variety of other ways. And so, in the light of our need for communication, or our lack of communication, our quest for better communication, I would like us to look at God's communication with us. We will read together from John 10, verse 1 to 10. John 10, verse 1 to 10. The good shepherd and his sheep. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listens to his voice. He calls his own sheep by the name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. 
Jesus used the figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And then again from verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my father's hand. I and the father are one. We only read till, till this point, how lucky are we to have the word of God to talk to us. May we listen and hear what he's about to say. In this passage, Jesus uses the image of the shepherd to emphasize his ownership, his care, his guidance for his people. And he explains it beautifully in an image they will understand. In verse 7 to 18, Jesus goes deeper into this, explaining that he is the entrance and he is seen as a good shepherd. He tells them that a good shepherd's sheep knows his voice. For believers who believe in him and begin to obey him, he gives life in abundance. They are like sheep who know and recognize his voice and follow the sound. To understand this image better, in those days, one herd of sheep might sleep close to another, another herd. And especially when the sheepfold or, or where they would sleep at night wasn't attached to a house, a lot of sheep would be close together. And so a shepherd spent a lot of time with his sheep so that they could know his voice. And that was so that he can control and guide them. So that he could lead them with his voice. And so when he would call, only his sheep would walk with him to go out for grazing. In this passage, Jesus tries to give us a picture of the type of intimate relationship he wants with us. He wants every believer to know his voice so well know his word so well that they can literally walk and follow him, follow his guide as he takes us into life, as, as he takes us into, into the direction our lives should lead. But this is the thing, it's not easy. It's not easy to do this. It's not easy to, to attune yourself to the voice of, of God so that you know exactly where to go. And that's why we are going to look at, at some ways on how to recognize his voice. The first, the first way, the first means by which we can listen to God's voice is, of course, the voice in the scripture. The Bible tells us the story of God and his people. It tells us the story of Jesus' life. But especially in the Bible, we get, we get to see this person. This person is revealed to us. 
Someone is reaching out to us. To have an intimate relationship with us. If you are looking for a place where you can hear God's voice, then of course the Bible is the beginning. It is God's voice, God's words, and a written human form for us. What God wants to tell us will never be in conflict with the Bible. In the word we get the revelation of what God wants for his people. We see that, and especially in the New Testament, we get this illustration in a person, how we should live, how we should act, how we should be. The more we become acquainted with the Bible, the more we become acquainted with how the Lord speaks to us through the Word. For the Word is the expression of God's heart. Jesus is the living Word. The scripture speaks from Genesis to Revelation. It is the same spirit who inspired the word that still speaks to us today. Therefore, as we consume the scripture piece by piece, we come to a point where we understand how God thinks and feels, or we understand a little bit better how God thinks and feels. And in 2 Timothy, we read, Reflect on what I'm saying, says the Lord, and then you will get insight into all of this. But we must keep in mind that the Bible can be studied like the most devoted student out there. You can study the Bible like the most devoted student out there without hearing anything. Without hearing the Lord's voice. We can read and recite scriptures off by heart, but if we don't let the word transform us, we will stay the same. If we do not allow the word to do anything to us, even if it's different from what we want, we will not hear the, the Lord's voice. The second uh, way for us to hear the Lord's voice is through spiritual instinct. Sometimes the voice of God is a voice, yes, but sometimes it's more like an instinct, an impulse, a guided intuition. In 2 Corinthians, we, we get this letter, this letter as a result of ministry, written not by ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. In the Old Testament, people relied very heavily on an outward guidance of God. While we, and in the New Testament, hear something much more internal. Something that comes from within. At times, when we wonder what to do, there are these emotions that push us from the inside to go or stay. Spiritual instinct. Every time when we hear the words of God, something happens to us, it makes us new, it cleanses us and it teaches us. It gives us insight so that we can understand better and so that our knowledge and understanding will increase. When God speaks to us, it breaks through the boundaries of audible, foolish or earthly Voices. The, the voice of God does not always have to have words. 
For when God speaks to us, something happens in and to our hearts. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 17, we read, let me just get it, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, that when we are united with the Lord, we are one in spirit with Him. And it's like putting a sachet of tea in the water. The tea and the water becomes one. There's no longer a distinction between what is tea and what was water. When we are united with the Lord, we become one with the Spirit. And that's something of an internal voice. Since I've been a minister, there has been two very significant occasions where I got into my car and drove to someone's house because of this voice speaking too loudly. Both of those times, I went to someone because they were very ill and it was the last time that I saw them. You know that silent voice from the inn that speaks to us because the Lord is connected to our human lives, the deepest part of our being. Sometimes when, it's, when He speaks, it comes through our emotions and thoughts and desires and the more we spend time with the Bible, the easier it gets to discern when it comes from the Spirit and when it comes from the flesh. It is quite difficult to just get past this because most Christians who, who knows God and who has, has listened to God's voice, most people want to say that, that the sound God's, God makes is impressive and spectacular. We want it to be big and loud, explosions, thunders, fireworks. But that's not always how he speaks. Sometimes God speaks quietly and softly through the instincts of our, our inner lives. Sometimes it comes from the depths of our, our, our hearts. Elijah taught us with his experience of God's voice in the stillness that we can follow our spiritual instinct, that we can follow the voice of God. And so we become directed by God's self. The third way Jesus speaks to us is by wisdom. So many times all we seek is God's voice, loud and clear without any misunderstandings. So many times we will literally do anything as long as God will tell us exactly what he expects. Many times God just wants us to show some wisdom. Psalm 32 verse 8 says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like a horse or a mule with no understanding. You must not be controlled but by bit and brittle or they will not come to you. What we read here is, is the Lord assures us that he will show us the path we should walk. But we should not want to be treated like donkeys and horses who do not understand when they are not trampled into going into one certain direction. 
God blesses us with wisdom. And that unfortunately means that sometimes we will not get these straightforward answers and directions of yes and no and that way or that way. But that we will gain wisdom so that we as mature Christians can build our character. And so this means that there might be some times where God's will for our lives are more like a parking area than a train track. Our lives can sometimes be a place of options and choices. And the Lord wants us as human beings to make good choices, of course. But, he, but we will receive wisdom in choosing what to do. There won't always be this one direct train track for us to go down, but a variety of things to choose from. But we should equip to ourselves to know God better so that we can hear the voice of wisdom. The fourth way of listening to God's voice is through the body of Christ. Again, in Corinthians, Paul speaks of, of how we get the sense of God, the mind of Christ. We have this mindset. And, and when Paul uses these words, he talks to us and, and talks to us not as individuals. He talks to us as a body of Christ, a collective. No one person has all the knowledge and wisdom and covenant, but as a body of Christ, we together have the sense of understanding God better. Together, we understand God better. And that's why in times when we seek wisdom, we have to rely on each other's knowledge. We have to be there for one another and trust in one another. We are not called to walk this road with God alone. We need to help and encourage one another. In real life, with our phones in our hands, we struggle with communication because we are too busy. We are unwilling to wait for, for anything or anyone. As we said last week, we are called to stop. This time has called us to stop even if you're busier than ever. Because it's in the stopping that we hear God's voice. That we know Him. That we get to know Him well. It's going to ask of us to make time to sit still, to sit at God's feet and wait for his voice. When you slow down, when you sit a while, when you spend time with fellow believers, when you study the Bible, when you equip yourself to, to know more, to be better, may these times bring you wisdom and guidance and direction from our God. My prayer is that, that that will happen to you today. Amen. Hi little ones. So today we talked, we talked about what it means to, to communicate. It's a big word, right? how to talk to one another, how to 
how to explain what you feel and think, how to listen to what other people have to say. And it's sometimes difficult to, to communicate or talk to other people, especially when you can't see them, especially now when you're stuck at home and you can't see your friends or your teachers or your um, grandma and grandpa, and I know it's very difficult. And I know it might be difficult for you to hear how grown-ups sometimes say that we should, should listen to God and hear what, what God says, and that's difficult to understand, right? But I try to say today that it's easier to understand God when we read the Bible, then we know what, what God wants to say. It's easy when we talk to other believers. They can also help us to understand what God is saying. And then I said that the more you talk about God and the more you learn from Him, the more you grow, you become mature. That's a big word. You grow, you become more like an adult in how you think and how you see God. And the more you read or talk about God and talk to other people, the wiser you get, the, the more you understand. But this is all big things. And so I just wanted to say that it is possible to hear God's voice. It is possible to hear what God says to us, even though we can't see him even though it sometimes feels like God is in another room. So I'm going to show you a little video of how it is possible to hear what someone else is saying while they are in another room without talking to them on the phone. This is something we used to do when we were little children. So it's very old fashioned, but I think you'll like it. Just to show you, it is possible to talk to someone without being in the same room and without using your computer or your phone, just as it is possible to talk to God when you don't see him, when it doesn't feel like he's in the same room. So, here goes.
Now let us hear the story of how the sacrament began. On the night of which Jesus was betrayed, he sat at the supper with his disciples and as they were eating, he took a piece of bread, said a blessing and broke it and gave it to them with the words, this is my body which is for you, do this in my remembrance. Later he took the cup saying, this cup is of God's covenant, sealed with my blood, drink from it, all of you to remember me. And so now, following Jesus' example and command, we take this bread and this cup, the ordinary things of this world, which Christ will use for extraordinary purposes. And as he said a prayer before sharing, let us do so too. Saviour, like a shepherd, lead us. In need or tender care. In your pleasant pastures feed us. For our use you prepare. Bless Jesus. You have brought us here. Bless Jesus. You have brought us here. We are yours. Amen. Jesus was at the meal tables of the very wealthy where he played the cause of the poor. He was always the guest, upsetting polite company, befriending isolated people, becoming the stranger. He was always the guest. But today at your table, he is the host. Those who wish to serve him must first be served by him. Those who want to follow him must first be fed by him. Those who would wash his feet must first let him make them clean. For your table is where God intends us to be nourished. This is the time for Christ to make us new. So you who are hungry, who thirst for a deeper faith, for a better life, for a fairer world, Jesus Christ, who is sitting at your table, now invites you to be his guest. The bread that we break is a sharing of the body of Christ. We are many of one body. For we all share the same love. Eat this and remember. The cup for which we give thanks to is the sharing of the blood of Christ. This cup which you will drink is our participation in the blood of Christ. Now eat this and drink this and do this in remembrance of Jesus.
this is the time in the service where we give give what we have for those who do not have enough in this moment be thankful for what you have for who you have with you for who you can talk with and communicate with let us pray most merciful and loving God anew is steadfast love and hope hear us when we pray for all people and for your church throughout the world in this time of COVID-19 we pray for those people who have become infected with the virus their families and carers may you grant them strength and may they hear your healing voice for the families of those who have passed on from the COVID-19 virus may they know the peace your voice offers we pray for the business of this country both large and small may they have the courage and calmness your voice offers as we start planning a move to alert level two let their financiers suppliers and customers be kind as business recommences we pray for the essential workers the nurses and doctors the supermarket workers and truck drivers the police officers fire and emergency crews and ambulance staff open their ears to hear your voice of wisdom as they go about their duties we think of those people working to create a vaccine for COVID-19. Let them collectively hear your voice of encouragement and that they work together, sharing knowledge to fight this invisible tiny enemy for the benefit of all creation. We pray for our government that they will continue to hear your voice as we move through our COVID alert levels. We think of the people in the countries of the world. May they know your reassuring voice as they come to terms with the effects of COVID-19. We pray for the communities we live in, even though we are socially distant from each other, may we still hear your calling. We pray for our own congregation at JUC, our minister and parish councillors. May we continue to listen to your voice as we discern our mission to our community, as we move closer to normality, however that may look. We thank you for your continued presence with us, especially in these last weeks. May we continue to seek your guidance in all that we do in our lives. We pray these prayers and those unspoken. In Jesus' name, Amen. And as we go out into the world, maybe a little bit more each day, God be in your head and in your understanding, God be in your eyes and in your looking, God be in your mouth and in your speaking, God be in your heart and your thinking. God be at your end and at your departing. God be with you.